Hi, this is Meatloaf. Okay, kids, you know what time it is? You know what time it is? It's Outlaw Radio Time! I'm Drew, we're standing in line for some fun to begin, but I found a good thing, leaving me with a grin. It's time for Outlaw Radio to begin. Hey, baby. Hey, thank you, Tim, Paula, Tony, Beth, all of you great folks uh, watching and uh, listening to Magic Match Outlaw Radio. Thank you for the uh, cheese and the sausage, and uh, we'd say hi to you even if uh, if you didn't gift us, but uh, it's extra meaningful when we get free stuff here on the show. Oh, and we know their names. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it comes in handy. Hey, I want you to know that uh, this Johnny Carson couch uh, fiasco ain't over. Uh, someone is putting up the uh, couch and the swivel table, and... Um, <clears throat> I think it's Heritage Auctions uh, next month, but I own the swivel table and the couch. I've heard from uh, from folks in the know, including a guy named Sotzig. He's the nephew of Johnny Carson, and uh, you know, I thought, well, we could talk to him on the on the show today, and then I thought, nah, you know, this could, could get legal, and I want to sort of, I don't want to shoot myself in the foot. I've owned. The Johnny Carson couch, since the, the last 10 years of The Tonight Show, uh, hosted by Johnny. And I've owned that couch and the swivel table since 1994. And now a, an auction house is offering that up for grabs next month. But I own it. How can that be? And this is exactly... Can they see this? Yep. Can you see this? That's exactly what it looks like. That's that is my couch and my swivel table, and that picture though was taken from the auction house that is putting it up for auction next month. Even though this is a good story, man. It is. T- it TMZ is. should cover this. Yeah, it is. Well, they probably I I have uh, received a little word that they probably are, and they will uh-huh. as it gets closer to auction day. Um, but it's it's a weird thing. It's a conundrum, and man, I don't get it. And so some of the uh, some of the folks on my Facebook page, my personal Facebook is M-A-T-T and then the last name A-L-A-N, that would spell uh, Matt Allen, um, have said, well, you know, they make uh, various copies for the set in case, you know, something happens to one of the, the sets, the couch. And, but when I purchased this, it was it was labeled as one of a kind. So, yeah, and Butterfields, the auction house that I purchased this from in 1994, is out of business or joined forces with another auction house. Yeah, with Heritage. With, uh, no, with, <laughs> I think it was Sotheby's or became Sotheby's. I don't know. Well, now I don't know about that because Sotheby's is a, a reputable auction house. I do know that about Sotheby's. You know, I was going to bring that up, Matt, the, the Facebook yeah. page and what Rick had commented, which is yeah. what I said last week when this came up. Mm-hmm. But And I don't know if you saw my comment to 
him, which was, you know, let this thing play out because there's money to be had probably. Yeah, I don't know. I, You know, I've never been a litigious guy. I've never... The only person I ever sued is a guy that headbutted me and broke my nose in a humidor in Beverly Hills. That's the only guy. And that, you know, you don't really think of that as a, as a lawsuit, but I guess it is because we went to court and I won. And I learned uh, rather quickly that a broken nose is only worth a few thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not worth that much money. Yeah. And then after you pay the attorney, it's like, okay, you know, let's go have a cup of joe because that's what this whole thing was worth. But if the guy that headbutted me, the little uh, Sicilian dude, he uh, got on a plane, went back to si- uh, Sicily. Yeah. So, so he was not in America when this took place. But oh, So you won by default. No, no, no. Because this was, it was a humidor run by, and I forget the dude's name, but he owned a couple, uh, more of a wine place that he that he then built a humidor because it was during the cigar craze in the early 90s. And, and so I had to go after, of course, the shopkeeper because this man was an employee of his. Oh, yeah. And so he had an attorney. And it's... See, the great thing about not lying, the great thing about about telling the truth is you never have to cover your tracks. And so when the attorney is asking me five questions, all the same question in five different ways, of course my answer ain't going to change because I'm telling the honest to God truth. And he's trying to slip me up. And I even said that on the stand. I said, no matter how many ways you ask me this question, it'll be the same answer because I'm telling you the truth. And it's like, uh, strike that. Uh, that is, uh, I forgot what, combative or whatever the hell. You can't handle the truth. I, That's I, not what I asked you. Strike that. And then I said, I said, no, the person who was combative is the little uh, a-hole who head-butted me in the humidor. And, you know, uh, you're kind of tall, man. I wonder how this short guy got up there. He, uh, it was, well, it was that's up, worth the climb. It was, uh, and I am worth the climb. Thank you, Mark, for pointing uh, that that's out. That's where I was going. Uh, governor Newsom, and he is, uh, oh, God, he's our governor here in California, calls Disney's decision to cancel $1 billion Florida complex a victory for California. He praised the Walt Disney Company's decision to abandon the $1 billion complex, uh, which was to be constructed in Florida, calling the move a victory for California. Uh, Disney execs uh, ended plans. God, a billion dollars would have relocated 2,000 jobs from California to Florida. And this move amid a, a battle between Disney and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. I wonder if Ron is having any uh, regrets at this point. Um, the battle between Disney and, uh, and DeSantis appears to go far beyond the original tiff over the parental rights education law, which Disney adamantly vowed to fight against, you know, because because I guess they, they, they want to have sex with your children. I, I don't I don't understand this company. You know, if you see their ads on, uh, you'll see it on uh, YouTube uh, on occasion uh, and, and other sources. I mean, they, they run these ads everywhere, but it's like a, a mouse can change the world. Well, boy, we, we know what they're trying to do, don't we? Yeah. A mouse can change the world. They say it. They say it in the commercial. 
Disney are full-on friggin' groomers. They have no problem with this. The DeSantis administration ultimately dismantled uh, Disney's self-governing status. They replaced the Disney-controlled board with the Central Florida Tourism Oversight District, uh, containing members' approval by the governor. Disney escalated the war in April, filing a lawsuit against DeSantis, and it's just back and forth, and... Even though Ron is doing the right thing, I wonder if this will be held against him. What do you think? Uh, I would say definitely. I don't know, definitely. Yeah, I would say definitely because he's on, on the right and that's what they're going to do. Authoritarian policies have consequences, uh, Newsom said. This <laughs> authoritarian. <laughs> Governor Newsom, is, there's no one more authoritarian <laughs> than you, than you, my, my friggin' lying out of both sides of your mouth. <laughs> I mean, this is the man that put the hammer down on small business in California, and so many have no business now to this date. Now, I will, uh, I will bring this up because this is a fact, a great dive bar, sitting there for about 40 years. They could not withstand being closed, and they're out of business. And don't tell me this was not this a-hole governor of California's plan all along, get rid of the small business because you know that the Democrats are not small business lovers. No. And this ain't a place. This state, boy, this is the last place you want to begin a business. California. At any moment, they could pull the rug out from under you. But this was his plan. And of course, if you're a ginormous company, you can withstand the heat and then do all the... You know, I mean, it's, it, it, was, it was only a short time ago, but it seems like years ago now. The, the drive-by, pick-up-your-food crap, I never went for that. Did you ever do that, Dave? No, nope, never. Curbside crap? I never oh, did it. I, just, I, I did get into Uber Eats and all that stuff, though. I, I'll admit. Oh, me, no, me no, no. That, that's Michael, different. That's delivery. That, that's completely different. Yeah. I, I get that. I right. get that. But the curbside pickup crap? No, yeah, you BS. So man. you pick it up from a black Angus, and yeah. by the time you get it home, it's cold. Uh, and even if it... And, and what I was thinking is, you, so you pay 130 $35 for a tomahawk steak dinner for two from Fleming's. Right. And you pick it up, and it's about 20 minutes away from where we are here yeah. in the hills of the San Fernando Valley. By the time you get it home, and P.S., isn't that the whole concept of going out to dinner, being catered to? Right? Getting something freshly hot to your yes, table. Yes, yes. And, yeah. and, and having someone that you can you you can complain to if something is wrong. What if you get garlic mashed and you don't like garlic? Yeah. You know, what are you going to do? Jump in the car, bring it all the way back? But this was this a-hole governor of ours, Governor friggin' Newsom. Um, Newsom claimed victory for the uh, Golden State. That's where we emanate. And took a shot at Florida's authoritarian policies. I just love that. Authoritarian. Yeah. This guy knows authoritarian. Um, to put it uh, simply, Disneyland Forward sets the stage for significant multi-decade investment in the future. Blah, blah, blah. The Disneyland Forward plan unveiled in September would generate 4,500 jobs, $11 million in tax revenue. Um, and, of course, Newsom is, uh, is in hog heaven because uh, he sees those jobs staying in California. Uh, the BLS data released uh, Friday found that the unemployment rate in California is nearly 2% higher than in Florida. Florida's unemployment rate is 2.6%, while California's, ours here in this state, once great state, 
is 4.5 percent more. That's a, that's a lot. <laughs> than one percent higher than the national average. Yeah. But Newsom's doing a good job, right? Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. California is also in a recession, according to the uh, the SOM rule, which maintains that when the three-month average unemployment rate rises a half percentage point above the low of the prior 12 months, the economy is in recession or it is about to be. And California's unemployment rate is up from 3.83% in August um, a year ago. Yeah, this, uh, boy, I uh, I have been a fan of California for many, many years, but not the last many years, no. because it is a terrible place to live. Oh, we got the weather, although, boy, did we have some rain this year. We had a nasty winter. Oh, it was, it was awful. Snow, rain. Paramount Plus preps <clears throat> pansexual dating series, Love Always. Um, pansexual, what is that? It, it is a social construct. It is a big lie. It is a scarecrow. It is uh, it is a scamalama ding dong, um, and a lot of this stems from a mental illness. Now, when it comes to females who are pansexual, fine, that's fine. You know, three to four shots of tequila away from having uh, same sex, and even those females who are not into that sort of thing, like my former spousal equivalent, Lori Downey Jr. Oh, I don't like... She can still look at a female body and and know that that's a a hot body. And they and females have no problem, for the most part, being naked in front of other females. But I, I'll be damned if I'm going to be naked in front of another guy. You know, being a heterosexual male and all, I just... I have no interest in that. Um, but... As if there isn't enough LGBTQIA2S+. I think they fill out all of the alphabet. Uh, Content on your television screen. Paramount Plus will be hosting the entertainment industry's latest queer dating series called Love Always, which will uh, feature a pansexual bachelorette looking for love. Now, the term pansexual refers to people who claim that... And and when I first heard pansexual, I thought it was someone who liked eggs. And I guess... Or frying pans. (laughs) Yeah, I guess it turns out that I was wrong. Um, These are people who claim they can be romantically interested in anyone, whether that person be a woman, a man, a woman who thinks she's a man, or a man who thinks... She is a woman, a donkey. Oh they, they, they don't that go that. It. Well, they don't go that far. But why not, Mart? Yeah. Yeah. Anything that identifies as anything. Why not? Yeah. The first season of Love Always will feature pansexual bachelorette Lexi Paloma, not a uh, made-up name, uh, who is freed from typical dating show gender norms as she sets out to find true love, according to this report. The first three episodes are set to premiere on Paramount Plus on June second, with the other seven episodes being released weekly um, as well as uh, Awesomeness um, YouTube channel. What does this mean? As well as Awesomeness. Gentlemen, focus your attention to stage number three. Here comes Lexi Paloma. <laughs> Tipper well, folks. I thought you were going to say Awesomeness that's because funny. that's a great stage. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is. Great stage name. Pour some sugar on her because she likes it. Here's Awesomeness. The ten episode series <laughs> will reportedly include drama, betrayal, passion, and jealousy as Paloma tries to narrow down her pool of dating prospects. Well, I don't think so. I think her pool is, is the sky is the limit. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, any big, big pool. Anyone that friggin' <laughs> friggin' breathes. Pretty deep. Spicy Marie oh. and Anthony uh, Reconello. 
who are billed as professional relationship gurus, will help the pansexual bachelorette through the process of deciding who to choose. They'll also act as mentors to the contestants. Love Always is simply the latest show shoving LGBTQIA2S+. And on this farm there was an L. LGBTQIASSS. LGBTQ. Never gets old. In recent years, Hollywood uh, has become obsessed with the sexuality and gender-bending concepts. Now consumers of entertainment find it virtually impossible to avoid viewing LGBT or non-binary content when they are watching television. Thanks to organizations like GLAAD constantly monitoring and lobbying their industry. Give it up for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Striking a transgender Hollywood writers picket outside Netflix offices. Give us trans TV, not chat GPT. Okay. These are the writers who are picketing, but uh, these are the transgenders. Give us trans TV, not chat GPT. And how many transsexuals are there uh, out there? Less than uh, 1%? Much less than 1% of all Americans are transsexual. But of course, if you believe in the left that, you know, it's on the rise, that's a big crock of crap. Uh, our kids are being indoctrinated into the answer, oh, yes, I'm I'm transsexual. Yeah, they don't want it. You know, it's peer pressure. It's nothing less than peer well, not pressure. Only that, when they're so young, they're making it the norm for them. And that's yeah, but the problem. That's, Mark, that's the goal here. I know. That's indoctrination. To, I know, yes, Dave. To make, to yeah. make the abnormal normal because this is abnormal. Abnormal. Striking transgender Hollywood writers and their supporters targeted Netflix offices in L.A. as part of the Writers Guild of America's ongoing work stoppage against the studios. Dozens of transgender writers congregated outside Netflix buildings uh, with WGA strike signs reading, they, them, Uh. causing may slash hem, H-E-M, give us trans TV, not chat GPT. What is chat GPT? It's the uh, artificial intelligence engine from Microsoft. Is it really? They chat, oh, oh, so so that is AI, huh? Yeah. Uh, my pronouns are pay slash me. <laughs> that's that's kind of funny. That's funny. Well, they're writers. Yeah, yeah, but doesn't make them doesn't make them great or uh, or classically trained or uh, brilliant. That's uh, many, why they're striking. Many <laughs> probably yeah. many transgender activists still angry at Netflix for its partnership with uh, the great Dave Chappelle who regularly tells transgender jokes during his stand-up performances. And, of course, he refused to apologize or back down to the face of the woke uh, cancel mob. And more and more and more of us need to do the right thing. Don't back down. Yeah. Do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Uh, they were joined by GLAD as well as members of uh, L- uh, LATSE, the union that represents crew members. Um, Hollywood writers walked off the job earlier in the month after major uh, studios failed to reach a new contract with Writers Guild of America. What's the inside dirt? You're on the inside of this tattoo, Dave. Uh, I mean, what what's really going on here? What's really going on is the producers, and not the producers that I work with, right. say, that we work with regularly that are on set with us. Yeah. It's the desk jockey producers mm-hmm. that wanted the contract to end so they would do this. So they wanted this to happen. They wanted this to happen. All right. 
So they're, they're, they may be shooting themselves in the, the feet, well, right? Well, I mean, you know, <clears throat> the last one in 2007, I think it went 100 days. Yeah. And it cost the economy $3 billion. Jesus. So, incredible. I, you know, it's just it's just atrocious. Well, I got one, Matt. How long has the insurance last this time? Same 100 days? Is it a strong union? I, I, they're not that strong. I didn't we think believe, so. We believe, uh, we believe that this is a membership problem that... You know, these guys want they, they want residuals. They want residuals right. for streaming. They want residuals, you know, so when you pay Netflix eight ninety nine a month, yeah. you can watch whatever movie as many times as you want. Uh-huh. So they, these writers are gonna want streaming residuals. Boy, is this boring. I mean this is boring it's right crazy. now. So they so they want so they want residuals every time it plays. Yeah, it's craziness. Yeah. Uh, striking writers are demanding more generous compensation as the streaming revolution continues to take over the industry. Uh, the Guild has argued that the shorter season favored by streaming services with uh, most shows having 10 or fewer episodes per season must have been detrimental to writers who must find work on multiple shows to make ends meet. Yeah, but isn't that the gig that, you, that you're that you doing? Right. I mean, that's... You that's, chose it. You're right. That's right. just what you do. If you're good at it, you're going to get paid. You bet your ass, man, like anything. Right. Like anything. Right. Network television, you know, like SWAT, for example, we do 23, 24 episodes a season. Right. If it were to be streaming, we would, we'd be cut down to 10. I mean, they, see, the thing is, the uh, the cream rises to the top. That's for, the way it's always been. Yes. But but they but they want they want equal equal pay. Keep us work. Well, no, you do do whatever it takes. And if striking is the thing for you, go for it, my well, friends. Striking is the thing for the majority yeah. because they're bartenders and waitresses, and right. they don't have a regular full time right. Right, here. right, right. They're also worried studios will replace them with artificial intelligence technology. Well, I think you're kicking that one in the ass. You're heading that uh, train right down the tracks, aren't they? I mean, aren't they? They're going to say, yeah, this is a this is a great way to do it. Let's use AI. Screw the writers. Yeah. yeah. And, and all of a sudden, the writers will find themselves obsolete. What have we been saying about the, you know, the great burger franchises like McDonald's, Jack in the Box, etc.? I was talking about this on the show years ago, that, oh, well, we want the minimum wage to be increased. No, you really don't. See, that's supposed to be a starter job. It's not supposed to be a career. Right. And if you pay this as a career, then these franchises, these big companies like McDonald's, etc., will find an automated way to do what they do, and you'll find yourself out on the street. Taco Bell is the first one I noticed. They're doing it, Mark. They're already I doing it. I know there. I walked into Taco Bell one time, and, I, and, and the girl was honest with me. She said, look around. She goes, they cut half of our crew. Yes, Do yes. You, use that machine or that machine right. or that machine. And you don't even have to talk to us. So, not not that we're always right on this show, but we are. Yeah. Yeah. Banks, same thing. Banks, same thing. We've been talking about this for years, but it's not a gig that you want to do for the rest of your life. And if it is, that's not the American way. You should strive for better. That's a starter job. Mark C.G. Boyer worked at a McDonald's. Yeah, seen a McDonald's. Yes. Um, White Oak Inventory. Yes. He still works at one. And if he weren't fired, oh. he'd still be there. Right. Uh, <laughs> You know, he's, he's at Burger King now. <laughs> yeah, he moved up. He needs to go talk to no, Roman I work at uh, with, Del Taco. Uh, I work with Roman at uh, Taco Bell. That's what I just said. Oh. Del Taco. Roman is Who's our that? poker playing buddy yeah. on Wednesday nights. And uh, he was supposed to, by the way, he gave us all his word. Yes, he did. On Wednesday that he would be here tonight to play poker. And he said that he would be here on time. 
And uh, and you said that Rome, Roman sent you a text? He sent Mark and I both a text the next day. Sorry, I'm not going to make it on Saturday. I've got some personal things to do. I, what, what do you think is going on in this guy's life? Is he finally completely P-whipped? I mean, That's he, what I see. But, but he's not a P-whipped guy. I mean, he really is. Well, he never he's, was. He's his own man. I think he wants to keep his marriage. What if there's some sort of weird health thing going on that he's not telling no, us? No, man. I, I well, t- already, we've already gone through that. I, I'm telling you, though, I think... I think he does, because, you know, he said to me before. Well, he, maybe he, he wants to keep his marriage together, right? Yeah. He jokes with me. Well, we joke maybe. forth about things, but he goes, well, at the end of the day, I still have a, a wife. You no, know. And, and he's right about that. Uh, well, maybe I didn't want a wife either at the end uh, of the day. Maybe, maybe he does, because he's uh, a good man. I don't know why we're not going to break, but damn it, damn it, I'll tell you the dead dog story. You get that dead dog story going. British celebrity couple Carrie and David Grant say three of their children are trans or non-binary. Hey, good for you, Carrie and David. Screw up your kids. Even they're in Great Britain. We'll be this after back.